This episode is proudly brought to you by our mates at Ned's. Josh, do you give out many tips? Sometimes. Um, Who's your source? Well, normally Sam McClure. Like he's, <laughs> what? he's, he's really good. Like I, um, I backed Harley Reid not to make it in West Coast colours, and then and this year, just anything he says, I go the opposite. Congrats! It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good option. Hey, I've got. Um, yeah, what are you? What are you? What well, are you? Have you got a brother in uh, brother in law? Uh no. <sighs> You need a brother-in-law for your tips, mate. That's oh, where really? I get mine from. Yeah, I could ask my yeah. brother to divorce his wife and then we can see how we go. But mm, yeah, that'd be the first step, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I need to speak to Georgie too. He's always real confident with his tips, but they never, ever come off. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop for social betting, check out the Neds app. You can create groups perfect for betting together and ripping on your mates. And if you think you found a winner, you can let them know. Or you might be looking for a hot tip. And you can build a profile and share your bets with your followers. Or you can see what other punters are like on the feed. There's also expert tips on everything AFL from the fantasy pick himself, Tom Rotcliffe, within the Neds AFL Open Group. It's not just for AFL though, Josh. There are other <laughs> open groups for racing, b-ball, UFC, soccer, and he's more. Download the Neds app if you haven't already and take it to the Neds level. T's and C's apply and available on the Neds website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Sports journalist Josh Galpin to the Kick It Forward podcast, the only sports newsroom with the guts to tell it how it is. Remember to review the podcast wherever you listen. Here's one from Apple from Action Hudson. Hate the pod and hate you blokes. Five stars. Thank you very much for your feedback. This week on the show, a deep dive with John Safran into how to break a sporting curse, AFL gold madness, Matilda's moment ends... And the weird press conferences from the week. Guys, how are you going? Oh, my God. I'm so good, guys. Sport, sport, sport. I'm so, so good. Guys, visited uh, Froth Town on the weekend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't you visit Gee. it every weekend, you, metaphorically? Yeah, Giorgio. Stop it. Giorgio, stop <laughs> that right now. It's too early for that stuff. That silly business, mate. I'm really sorry. Hey, shout out to all the people we saw at, we saw at Froth Town. A few pod listeners cruising around. Thanks yeah. for a few orders. <laughs> um, IRL orders. What about the guy? There was a hot dog eating competition there. Mm. Some bloke entered and ate one. <laughs> and just was hungry. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, I just got dinner. <laughs> no Joey Chestnut, was he? He's like, oh, a bit full. One's good. Oh, I couldn't possibly I eat one. anymore. I wouldn't want to stuff myself, would I? <laughs> there was controversy in that same thing too where they had to do overtime because everyone ate one. And in the overtime, they was first to finish a sausage uh, just in overtime. One guy ate two, then complained that he didn't get rewarded after eating the first one, but he didn't tell anyone. And then he's yelling and screaming. His mates are screaming. I think it was for like 20 bucks. <laughs> and the, You know when the host, like the MC, they're in character, there was a guy, an older guy there, was, he was really good, along with Katie Lamb. He sort of, Talking to him, he's like, oh, mate, you know, it doesn't really matter. And then they break MC positive character and he's just like, it's fucking 20 bucks. Yeah. Get the hell off the stage. Yeah. And his mates have like Get recorded lost. it so they have the evidence. It's like, oh, I don't think there's going to be an inquest. Go on. Guys, I just wanted to quickly bring up, do you guys care about my well-being? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, why haven't you guys pulled me up for my behaviour last week? You guys ever done karaoke before? Um... Yes. What time, on average, would you usually participate 
in this singing activity? Mm. What time? Of We're night? in the small numbers of the morning. Yeah, okay, t- yeah. 10 and 4 a.m. In the a.m.s, okay, yeah. Last Friday, I did karaoke at 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Was it like a Christian meetup or something? The sun was up. That <laughs> 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 no, was a work event oh, okay. at a local establishment here called The Court. Now, somehow The Court put us in the darkest room possible on a beautiful sunny afternoon. And yeah, 2 p.m. karaoke occurred because our work events happen pretty early. Okay. Hey, in the spirit of the por- sports podcast, I did do a um, rendition of Walking in Memphis with former Fremantle captain Sean McManus. So, wow. Yeah, um, <laughs> never again. <laughs> Not the Walking in Memphis thing, but the um, 2 p.m. karaoke. I think it was one of the 250 sunny days in Perth on Friday too where it was about 22 degrees <laughs> and beautiful. In winter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what have you guys been doing? Uh, boys, I'm still I'm I'm reeling from this conversation I had. Uh, cast your minds back to last week when we filmed that Matilda's video, and we had um, very kindly Rory helping us film. Mm. And as you're aware, whenever we're out and about, and someone comes up and looks at you two boys, and they go, "Fire out, you boys are tall, eh? You guys are way taller." And you know, Rory comes up to me and he goes, "Man, you're way taller than I thought." <laughs> That's yeah. weird. And I, I just my initial reaction was like, "Man, go fuck yourself." <laughs> I like Rory. No, isn't that – that's more <laughs> on us. That's more on us, isn't it? I think so. But my uh, my first reaction was just like go full defensive mode because it must be a burn. And then I think I've just like adapted this dog hit on the nose too many times with a newspaper mm. and then he's given a treat and he doesn't know how to react. Right. And so to Rory, I apologise. Ah, oh, okay. Um, but to you boys, um, yeah, go fuck yourselves. Okay. Thank you for being the bit – well – can't say bigger man, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being the man. There's been a lot of chat on social media on like viral videos about the number five foot seven recently. I've noticed we got sent in a bunch of things of like uh, Ben Shapiro, an old video, the conservative sort of talking head in the US. Someone getting up and going, "Why do you always say you're five foot nine when you're clearly not?" And then he walks up and he's um, five foot nine, and the other guy isn't. That's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, okay. Well, I think we need to get a doctor in here to measure all of us. Yeah, what sort of doctor? Brain sur- uh, <laughs> surgeon. I, f- I feel like I have the requisite tools for this without a doctor. But you know, No, we need a qualified no, practitioner. Because you were lie. You've shown yourself to be a liar for the last 20, <laughs> oh, 30 years. <laughs> we need someone in good standing in society. Uh, the other, Froth Town, someone actually did come up to me and go, fuck, he's way taller than I thought. That is my favourite thing about Australians, I think, is how forthright they are you to tell you what you are. Whereas like, mm. Americans, Americans, even Americans, like if they do, like, they'll be like, golly, you're, you're, you're a big guy. And it's like, hey there, big guy. And like, y'all are, y'all are tall. In Australia, it's like, fuck, he's a tall cunt. And, like, and it's like the nicest thing you can say to a guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all oh, right, I have a fucking good one. Actually, big fella, aren't you? You know what? On that, what about the one or the two, what, two Australian blokes we saw in Venice Beach in California, the first interaction they had with us was, Fuck you guys are talking. <laughs> yeah, and then the we same. had a good night out with them. It was yeah, great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. must get that all the time. Uh, so annoying. Boys, before we move on, um, <laughs> to bring back, uh, I want to, there's a new twist on a segment. You've, you've heard it all before, but there's a new twist on this one. I think you're going to like it. From the creators that brought you Kubi and Anfax. <laughs> this summer. Cool piss fact. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> oh, for f- sake. Oh, Someone mentioned the other day, we haven't spoken about piss 
Joshy Weeks. Josh, no, it's me. Yeah. It was clearly me because it pissed me off so much. Giorgio, what did it do? Giorgio has a lot of like really weird, annoying. Most people sit quietly and don't speak. Giorgio goes. I piss my pants and I like it and like changes every song to piss my pants and it's not funny especially when you're in a room with him for 10 hours or some shit and then all his mates are like man that is so funny the good piss joke again <laughs> go on yeah no, I, I hate it no you don't, don't worry about it oh, so really yeah no, nah, no, nah, I'll say it I'll all say good it. <laughs> cool oh we're not, I thought we weren't worried about it I want to not worry nah, go on see what you think of this first okay. and then decide mm-hmm. the world's longest piss on record <laughs> No, I'll, I'm, I'm in now. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Come on, Josh. Josh hey, it, admit it. Josh, admit it. <laughs> you've picked your injury. I reckon what you need to do next time, Giorgio, is more of a hook. So before you even play the sting, say, hey, guys, want to hear about the longest piss on record? <laughs> then then we decide if we want to hear it and fire off yeah, the sting. Yeah, right. uh, Giorgio, like, let's have a bit of pageantry with it, all right? All right. Do you want to take a stab? Do you want to take a stab? Well, it's a pretty long drum Four roll, minutes. so you need to. A, an hour and, you know, two days. <laughs> Eight and a half minutes. Oh. That's a long piss. Hang on. Is this I'm like- a, I've probably beat that. Are we, are we, are we pinching penis? <laughs> or are we- uh, Is that just let it all like out? currently or-, or <laughs> I'll let go. I think that's constant. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't I didn't research it that much. You could slow I just looked up the longest piss ever. I always hate these records because it's like, you know, there's probably a guy named Barry in like Mildura who's broken this record 40,000 times but doesn't give a fuck. Didn't have the Guinness yeah, World Record guy watching him piss. Because they're not giant weirdos that like are contacting <laughs> Guinness World Records being like, I want the piss record. But the guy at a butt, like a truck stop in regional Australia is probably like, does it after seven pints every day. He has a nine minute piss and he goes, ah, no one would believe me anyway. The, the best thing about this is the, the, the Guinness World Record judge has to just like be really close to the penis and making yeah. sure everything's in order. Mm. <laughs> See what you did, Giorgio? You made bring, me do that by bringing bring it up. Us down. We, were talking about, we were talking about height and the, the weekend and frivolity and, and you bring it down to piss, Judd, every freaking time. I'm sick of it. When I started this podcast, it was meant to be about higher learning, about investigations uh. and about everything. Uh, oh, we're in big you, pot ahead. You're in trouble now. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> oh my! We got so much in the pod. Sorry, no, I can just end the pod now. End it now. Well, forever, like just blow up this on room. On a high, yeah. yeah. End it on a high. <laughs> if you guys stay here for about I don't know seven long pisses, I'm just gonna light, turn the gas on, and then run out the door and light a candle. Oh All right, God. see you guys later. Wait, right, no, let's get the headlines instead. <laughs> Bartel Poos for the first time in a day. It was better than Leo. The Matildas have won again. And welcome back, Daniel Ricciardo. They came bounding over. <laughs> the headlines. Welcome to the headlines. Uh, I think it's it makes sense for us to you know, deep dive one of the biggest controversies of the AFL season first. We'll get to a huge segment on the Matildas. But right now we want to head to Adelaide, place close to our hearts. To talk about goals or behinds. Josh Gallup would say I've been trained the house down. Guys, Saturday night we were at uh, Froth Town and we were watching on the big screen. The weird thing about this event too is like that it's like it's missing a concert, even though they had all these fun things to do. It's like got all the the outskirts of like an event where it's got stalls and beer stalls and stuff like that, but you, you're not really doing anything. But the mm. one thing they did have is the, they had a big screen when we were watching the Adelaide game. 
And it was freaking insane how it ended. Adelaide come roaring back. Ben Keyes has this amazing goal to finish it off with. So he thought, but it gets declared it behind. They don't even review it, even though they have the duck, like the uh, technology to do it. It was fucked. Oh, oh my fucking God. First, sorry, can I just set the record straight? There was actually heaps to do at Frothdown. <laughs> and it bloody impressed me. But this was perhaps the highlight. People saying there was daylight between the ball and the goalpost. Absolutely, the Crows were robbed. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. <laughs> crows were robbed, but they were robbed again. And so we made a little video, it was like just joking about it. Now, um, Gil McLaughlin came out and apologised. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry that um, it was like a howler and it's so stupid that we didn't have like a system in place that would actually protect against this. Uh, Adelaide fans, fans like, well, we've had that twice this year now. Twice that the AFL has come out and said sorry effectively for calls. It was against Collingwood as well. There was, I think, the tackle. Like they said it was a high tackle or something and then they gave away a free kick, which ended up the goal. And I'd feel very satisfied. If I was Adelaide, got two apologies from Gil... I'd feel very satisfied. Yeah, it helps a lot, mm, especially yeah, when it's like mm-hmm. his beautiful yeah. Canadian goose uh, puffer and stuff like that. It's just, just sorry, quickly, we were talking about this yesterday. Gil is still the CEO. Yeah, I think his tenure ends at the end of the season because I thought he's retired he 10 times over or something. <laughs> yes, I thought he did. What if they're like, oh, it's not the CEO. It's just an apology from Gil. Hey, well, that's the thing. <laughs> that works. Gil, Gil's sorry. He's for forever a talking worth. head though. Like forever now, if they want him to weigh in, if he ever it goes out of uh, footy, he can always just like call up a radio station. There'll be a headline. But the press conference is kind of interesting. And dealing with that and taking personal accountability for that mistake. Uh, and... Um, there's a lot of dogs in this park. Apologise for that. Uh, questions. <laughs> it's like he was out for a walk. He's also got a, his arm in a sling, so I hope he's all right. What I found really funny was the next day, the three games of AFL, there were like 500% more reviews for they goals. They so were, weren't they? Like they, they were trying to just make sure they got absolutely nothing wrong that next day. Like, du- double check it. Imagine, double check. The, imagine like the other goal umpires would have got an email that night and gone, Okay, just be careful tomorrow. <laughs> just be really careful tomorrow. What, just quickly, what's why didn't they review it? Uh, they review every goal. They don't review every behind because it's declared mm. it a behind as the soft call. Goal umpire's choice to send it upstairs for a review and he didn't because he was so – he thought it was. <laughs> Apparently he's in the presser with Gil, he said he, will never, he won't work again this season. It's a real shame because it's um, – I personally think you can't be reviewing everything. That slows the shit out of it, but – I mean, what's the, the system? What's the crescendo of the entire game? Yeah, but the sis, there's something in the system's wrong. And I don't know how to fix it, but it's harsh on that goal umpire. I tell you what, on Talkback today, there were a lot of people weighing in on how to fix it. <laughs> oh, no yeah, way. People were, had opinions on no, this. I can't believe it. My favorite one that keeps being brought up is like, simple. If it hits the post and goes through the goals, it's always a goal. It's no longer rules. Like, oh, so the simple is to change the entire rules of the game historically. Mm. To be fair, I would love that rule. If it hits the post, goes back into play, play on. No, it's saying if it goes through after hitting the post, yeah, it's yeah, going They yeah. tried just- that. In a, yeah, they tried that in the Wizard Cup, I think. In the mm. Wizard Cup. You bloody park a bloody, uh, bloody plane. Did anyone think about maybe there was a Swans player that when the ball went past the post, he just went... Yeah, he did. Bang. They did knock it, yeah. Knocked it? Yeah, they did. They were bumping into it. Uh, so no, deliberately. Oh. oh. Guys, I was, I, was, I was going through like, you know, my Nuffy files and trying to get through it and I was thinking like, well... When, when WA has a game that goes awry, then there's people that call in the WA radio station. So surely there'll be some around Adelaide that are losing their shit. Um, this was the best thing I could have done today. And it kind of took up half my day. I was editing the Philly videos and then I found this and started doing it. So Stephen Rose, a commentator, he's a former Adelaide player and he also commentates on 5AA. Now this is his call from the end of the game. 
He, first, he firstly calls out Ben Keys. He doesn't want to take him to take the kick, but then he soon changes his mind. No, Ben Keys, don't pull for it. Get out of there, Keys. And Ben Keys has got it instead. Oh, he's within get range. Get out of there, Keys. He's, he's got to run oh, around. To lift. Sees it on the line. Left footer. Hooks it back. Kicks on its way. He's got it. So now he responds. He responds to the point. After some time. Cheated and robbed. <laughs> oh, I'm lynching the I'm lynching the AFL this week. They were robbed. Cheating and robbed. So I found that and I was like, well, if he's an on-air presenter, then there's probably an hour afterwards they discuss the game with callers. This is the best hour of radio I've ever heard and it's because his Stephen Lowe guy is just spraying callers and being sprayed by callers for 55 minutes. I've done, you know, this goes for about two minutes. I'm sorry, guys. But but I think it's worth it. And I, you know, try to jazz it up a little bit. Play the full hour. Play the full hour. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's our board. Good evening, Max. So, Roy's not listening. (laughs) No, Roy's back on. He's listening. Hey, Roy, I also want to shout your box of Kleenex tissues, mate. Maxie, Max, Max, Max. (laughs) Now, be honest. Who do you barrack for? Max, I tell you, you barrack for. You barrack for port and you love raining on people's parade and kicking them when they're down. I'll tell you what's going to happen to you, Max, and your Port Adelaide footy team. You've signed a coach you don't want and you probably don't want him. You're going to go out in straight sets and I'll tell you, your tears I'll taste from here. And they'll be far worse than mine because the umpires got it wrong. So don't go stirring me up, Port supporters, or I'll come off the top turnbuckle. Hello, Troy. <laughs> Come up the top turn, Michael, mate. Come on. Come on, Rowie. You're an absolute flog, Rowie. You're a flog, mate. And you tell people to come on your show through the week. Oh, don't, don't send me a text message. Oh, oh, I'm going to call you a flog. Rowie, you need to put your head in and there's a reason why. You are renting a house and not buying one. Oh, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> well, go and get stuffed, AFL. Hate you. Hello, Tom. Explain that one, yeah. Gil. Actually, yeah. that'd be great. Let's try and get... Explain get... that one, Gil. Quite ironic that they sing that song, Never Tear Us Apart, but they're tearing themselves apart. Jesse, hello, yeah, mate. Why are, you, why are you so <laughs> against Port? You, you think Port are going to go out in straight sets? Pull your head in. Right? And be a professional commentator. Because they were turning on me after the game saying, sucked in, I can taste your tears. You're a loser. So poor people get stuffed. <laughs> um, we've got to get as simple as that. We've got to get into the awards. One thing, Stephen, you know what's out there, mate? You really what? want to know what's out there? My luck is everywhere, mate. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all the know what that's The best call of the evening. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are they so one-sided, those commentators? <laughs> it's pretty good, though, because he's clearly an Adelaide Crows fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's what the um, 5AA call is after games, I'm listening to that every week. So it's just, just random Port fans calling up Stephen Rowe and calling him a flog and then calling him right back. And all his presenters are like laughing too. It was actually so funny to listen to. And then it would go into like details and analysis and stuff. And then someone would randomly call up again. Call him a oh my God. It was so funny. Anyway, um, 
Sorry, Adelaide fans. Sorry, Adelaide fans. We talk about other AFL things because there were some other funny things that happened during the round. There oh, were more yes. funny things, like weren't there? Like Luke crying in the box after losing oh to the God. West Coast Eagles. <laughs> but, oh, they, they just like showed Luke Beveridge for a long like 17 seconds, <laughs> slow zoom. <laughs> and it's like, I, I swear I saw his assistant coaches like trying to find a door, just being like, yeah, far out, the we're going to call it. Life here. flashing before his this eyes. This is like veins in his neck just pumping to his head. Um, and then it shows Adam Simpson have the most euphoric thumbs up with Elliot Yo in ever. Just like I'm so stoked. They they won it for him. I'm pretty happy with Adam Simpson. Yeah. Yes. You know, you know what I find funny about that um, Eagles win is like, how bad a team do you have to be, and how much do the odds need to be stacked against you for an an upset win to be a miracle win? That's a good point. Because they call it a miracle win, and it's like oh. I, like normally it's just an upset, but they were such underdogs that it's it's a miracle. That so this is so up, well. This is up there well. with Jesus walking on water. This is up there with <laughs> like Nostradamus a- predicting the next two thousand years. Eagles beating Western Bulldogs. Well, what's the net? What's up from Miracle Win? Nothing. Oh, the crying. What about the crying Jesus painting in that person's bathroom? Yeah, which that was, was just amazing. a plumbing issue, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Adam Simpson after the game. After he was criticised after the Essendon game for potentially tanking, and he denied that. But there should be some excitement about the well-executed plan coming into today. Yeah, yeah. We tried to tank that in the last three minutes. It didn't work. I kept on saying kick it the other way and play equalised game. But no, nah, look, it was. Um, Credit to the players. They were really disappointed last week. So to respond the way they did, it's been a heavy couple of weeks. Oh, I see my making gags again. Good yeah. to see. No, you know, it's, good to see. It is they good. definitely won for him as players. And this is after a week where Eddie Maguire th- comes from, a, has a source that says, you know what, Simo's about to be axed. You know, the, the boards turn against him or whatever. It's like, that definitely came from someone in WA. And Eddie Maguire has this source. And then the, the, the team that's right around and wins for him. If anything, it's just like... A, Great work for Adam Simpson after what has obviously been a very tough year. Yeah, the board members and CEO at West Coast Eagles had to scrunch up a few letters and <laughs> emails they had planned for Monday morning. <laughs> oh, shit, he won. What, what the fuck? Oh, God damn it. What the fuck? Cancel the 9am. Is, is it Nuffy time? No, no, no not yet. quite. Devin Robinson shirt uh, rip. So the Brisbane Lions play, they beat Collingwood. Uh, and he got his share root off. He's a WA guy. I think he's um, Darren Glass's nephew or something. He went from 11,000 to 43,000 followers on Instagram, basically because he's so shredded and good looking. Okay. So sex sells, right? It, it does, right? Come on. You know our biggest asset in this crew? Giorgio. Mm. Giorgio, we're going to need you to take your shirt off. You have a an APAC, Giorgio. Why don't you get naked more? You're like, uh, it's body dysmorphia or something. Because every now and then you're like, man, I like, feel fat. I man, feel I, unfit. I, and I hope body dysmorphia is real. Otherwise, I look like shit. No, no, it definitely is real because you say you're 5'9". Uh, guys, there was a, it was a scale there was a Carlton fan who had a bit of fun, <laughs> right? So, Tommy, uh, a Carlton Baggers fan who was at round 23 Carlton versus Collingwood game last year. He said he had an out-of-body experience in the last quarter. I envisioned Charlie Kernow kicking the winning goal at the punch road end, but it actually wasn't for that game against Collingwood. It was for the 2023 Grand Final. Wow. So someone, they've recently discovered his giant leg tattoo to commemorate the occasion, Baggers Premier's 2023, wow. which he got before the season when they didn't even make the finals. His only options are, if they don't win this year, are 2028 and then 20,000. 230 <laughs> for that decade. Oh, because it turned the three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or when we get to, or maybe oh, 12,000. 
actually. But yeah, I think you underestimate like what what is quite funny for someone that's willing to put a tattoo like that on their body is just crossing it out and putting it underneath. That is also pretty cool. (laughs) It's hilarious. There was a guy that did that with the All Blacks running with the World Cup. He had the the previous (laughs) championships. Guy Williams on New Zealand Today interviewed him. Oh, finally, Dimmer also announced his his son's coach as well. Yeah, pretty interesting saying he wanted to have have a break a few weeks ago and he was loving his time off, you know, having a beer on the couch, watching the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll sign up for five years and move my family to the Gold Coast. <laughs> no right. problems, to Enough of a break. <laughs> How much money did they give him? I'd love yeah. to know. Oh, was it, I think it's estimated around $7 million or something. Ah, it's a good amount. $7 million five-year contract or something like that. That was what was um, floated around today. Obviously yeah, that's pay tax. All right, let's make a big call. Do they get a flag under his um, tenure, in his tenure? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm going to say a big yes. I'm going to say seven flags in five years. <laughs> I think um, Stephen Rose, obviously already in this as well, <laughs> yep, and all his yep, callers yep, from yep. the week. But also, uh, do you want to kick him off, Giorgio? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, my Navi spotlight this week is Don's fans. They lost mm. by 130 points. So Yeah, but obvi- the umps. Umps were fucked. Bloody <laughs> umps cost us that game. I'm sick of them. Uh, one comment I read, just, uh, you know, the classic Instagram uh, final scores, just this is hopefully a tactic to lower the Magpies' guard down and then annihilate them at the G next week, hopefully. Um, but the funniest thing, so Don's got beaten by 130 points. They chose <laughs> this week to change their classic red sash into a seatbelt. <laughs> so they posted this photo on like Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. They they just blocked the comments altogether on Instagram. So it's a photo of their sash turned into a seatbelt. These are some of the comments. Makes sense given our passenger-like performance over the past <laughs> month. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm going to drive around with mine unbuckled if we play like that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, wow, this will be Essendon's second belting this week. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, buckle up for Friday night, boys. Last game was a car crash, so makes sense. Just imagine like the media team being like, are we sure we don't want to... This is the week we're choosing the seatbelt. Well, the seatbelt jersey. Well, this is the last round of the season, so they, like, they kind of had to get it off, don't they, because they're not playing finals. Uh, just staying with Essendon, Essendon fans blaming umpires. Uh, this is a page sent, sent in by <laughs> Andrew Harrington. So that's a natural page. And it says, I almost have to agree with Troy here. GDOS don't deserve the 695-point win. And Troy Kennard had wrote... Dirty umpires, so sick of the interstate bias. AFL just want the expansion teams to win a flag. Bombers would have won it if it wasn't for the extra DOS players with the whistles. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, could have gone either way, really. Way. <laughs> it's a very good point. It's just like so close. Guys, I thought I'd have a look at the um, Swans Crows debacle. So I'd head on to the Crows Instagram post of their full-time score after the game. Uh, Ardoni27 said, that goal umpire should go to prison. <laughs> Uh, it got over a thousand likes as well. <laughs> and Jay, Jay Hunty 6 said, I totally agree with you. What about Harry Orhay said, that goal umpire doesn't deserve to have hands. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, some good trolling from Harry Rogers 9 who said, goal umpire did his job. Chill out, guys. I personally reckon he got it right. <laughs> 15 comments of people telling him to go and watch the replay. <laughs> one more here caught my eye from a page called We Crom As One. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't the comment that was funny, but because the comment was just like dot, 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 as in like, what the fuck just happened? But then I had a look at the bio of We Crom As One. And you know how some people say how many followers they've got on TikTok on their Instagram page? Well, they've decided to share how many followers they've got 
on Instagram, even though if you move your eyeballs one centimetre, you can <laughs> see that number. But that number, 0.8K. <laughs> 0.8K. Yeah, 800, 800 followers. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, yeah, 0. 0.8. Wee Crummers 1 is growing. <laughs> 0. 0. 0.8. I had someone, a couple staying with that. Uh, this is sent in by Denklet, Declan Taylor. Could Sydney give up the points, give the points back? This is on AFL Reddit from uh, Lord Left 266 And his comment is, like, is that possible? I'm sure they won't do it even if they, though it's the right thing to do. Only way forward I can think of since the AFL can't make them change themselves. Set up Swanee's lol. Come on, guys, do the right thing. And someone replied, I feel stupider just reading this. <laughs> there's dumb and then there's this post. I can imagine like a bunch of Sydney fans out the front being like, give them the points. Give them the points, like. Um, that was enough of the week. I think we're going to give it to Stephen Rowe, but only yeah. th- that's a loving one because I, I do appreciate it and love what he does. Oh, yeah, so, it's yeah. firing them up. Yeah, yeah good on him. Uh, let's move on. Today I feel Matilda's fan. <laughs> Guys, oh. the Matildas, their run is over. Lost in the playoff yeah, for third. I know. Oh, so crying. Yeah, crying. Is, is this an unpopular opinion? Okay. Uh-oh. I don't think there should be a playoff game for third place. Uh, no, Olympics, no, no. I get it. Uh, Bronze medal. Who cares when, if you came third or fourth? Like you reach the semi-finals in a World I, Cup. I think there's financial yeah, stipulations. Pe- people that like money care, and mm. the team can make more money as well. And the um, broadcast. I, I, I quite lo- I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, but like imagine the teams like they've just lost. They're like devastated. And they're like, oh, good to go play for third place now. Yeah, that's what happens. That's yeah, exactly. I know, it. but it's I don't know. That's exactly what. Why happens. stop there? Why don't AFL play for third place? They do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do, mate. You're lying. Yeah, they do. They essentially play for like equal third. Yeah. Or if you're Essendon, you play for ninth. You know what that's Ayo! called? <laughs> Making the semifinals <laughs> and losing. Oh! <laughs> uh, huge final as well. Spain looks like a cut above the rest. And it's so interesting to read about the controversy that's happening with their organisation. So prior to the actual World Cup, uh, 15 players called the last 15 decided not to participate because they had a, a disagreement with the head coach. They basically called for his sacking and also for the conditions within the national setup. So those 15 players, only three were considered for for Whoa. the World Cup. They basically looked over a lot of them and they ended up winning it anyway despite missing all these players and convincingly winning. They were so dominant in that final. I think Australia probably would have struggled against them as well. I don't know. I definitely reckon we would have been dominated by them. But, but a deserving win. But it's you know what's the funniest thing about this whole thing is anytime um, men from FIFA or men from um, high-ranking European football organisations try to get involved, uh, they somehow fuck it up. We <laughs> had the guy oh, yeah. that today I feel disabled that we sp- listened to earlier. Johnny Infantino, yeah. Johnny Infantino, we'll hear about him earlier. But after Spain won... One of their midfielders, Spanish midfielder, <laughs> went to receive her medal and received a kiss on the lips and her head held by the Spanish. Uh, like, why? No. And then she replied, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. It's just yeah. these guys. It's Is it a thing in their culture? Maybe. That uh, seems probably, probably not. not. Georgie, no. probably most qualified to comment. <laughs> uh, look, on the lips, probably not. Probably not. No, he held her head as well. It's so fucking weird. God, yeah, so the, ex- weird. the excitement of winning the World Cup, I can go and kiss anyone I want. Oh, <laughs> I just don't. Today I feel uh, Oh, yeah, no, that's actually quite – Um, it's a thing in their culture that pedophiles do. Oh, right. Oh, okay, cool, cool, and, cool. And sex pests. Oh, yeah. oh, right, right, okay, of course. Okay, okay. Uh, one of the things to come out of it, though, so Gianni Infantino, is that his name? Yep. Um, he spoke – he did a big speech to – women uh, in Australia during this World Cup and 
the best clip from that was released by FIFA and they keep showing people in the crowd not really interested. You know the golf clap we use? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's clapping like that when he's doing mm. these big grandiose statements. You. And I say to all the women, and you know I have four daughters, so I have a few at home. <laughs> you have the power to change. Pick the right battles. Pick the right fights. You have the power to change. Fight, but not you too have much. the power to convince us men what we have to do and what we don't have to do. You do it. Just do it. With me, with FIFA, you will find open doors. Just push the doors. They are open. Everyone in the crowd is so much disdain. Channeling a bit of Shia LaBeouf. Do it. <laughs> um, just do it. Pick I, any battle you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't just, just pick a certain battle. So Please make sure you're very loud, but not too loud. This, you gotta, not too loud. You got to feel for this guy. He's obviously Why? his first, um, you know, English is not his first language. I always so I he's, love having, the, uh, he's having trouble conveying his points. No, I think he's, it just seems no, like he's a giant equally floor. as weird in Italian. Don't I? <laughs> oh, good. Okay, thank I, you. I love the like. Oh, and also, you know, I have four daughters, so I un- otherwise I wouldn't understand. Guys, what about Albo um, commenting on the? Um, well, he's obviously uh, put two hundred million dollars of funding into women's sports in Australia. Um, so that's just not that's not just not just football, hey? Well, maybe it is women's football. No, I think it's everything. Oh, is it? Okay, I think it's cool. AFL as well. They have equal pay now. And let me tell you, there were some angry men commenting on the equal but pay. But that's not report. related to Albo. That's, that's No, but it's the women's funding, right? No, that's from the AFL. That would be private. The AFL doesn't need more money, yeah. At uh, this press conference, the, one of the journos had a bit of a slip The truth up. is that the Matildas have inspired a nation. And Channel 9 will be fined for that. Oi! <laughs> yeah, he's sharp. Uh, <laughs> red card. <laughs> Super goal! Yes! Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah! Anything slightly at a press conference will bring the house down. No, oh, no, well, that, last, that red card joke kind of fell a little bit flat at the press conference. <laughs> if you hear the very end of it, the woman's like, huh? Uh, <laughs> it's my first day. Cool. <laughs> anyway, FIFA Women's World Cup. Looking forward to the next one. Paracyclist Ricardo Ten, of no relation to Ben, has made light of an awkward gift he received after being named world champion in three separate events. Yeah, guys, what do you give a paracyclist with no arms as a gift? Mm. A uh, watch. Uh, uh, okay. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Twice. So the sponsor of this, um, this paracycling competition was Tissot, the, the watch brand. Is that how you say it? Well, it was Tissot. Uh, Tissot, 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 I don't know. Um, I thought you right, I'm Italian, not French. Uh, yeah, it's happened twice to this guy, but uh, luckily he took it in his stride. Um, he posted this video on, on Twitter. Ricardo, what time is it? The World Champion time. Hey, hey, he's awesome. He's, he's, like, awesome. he's got his like, it's like right up because he's got like a little bit of an arm and so he's got the, <laughs> he's got the watch like on the top bit and right. he's like looking at the watch. It's very funny. Actually, hectic case. I electrocuted when he was eight years old. Yeah. Oh, really? Insane, yeah. yeah. But like you can't be, just be careful with your presence. Like you can't give a guy with no hair a hat. <laughs> you know, you just want to be careful. What did he win? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, what did he win? He's got no head. Uh, well, we'll find out. We'll find Is it corpse? No head? People can do – people with no heads can do a bit. Do you reckon um, <laughs> if that was even possible, the guy with no head has one of those novelty shirts that say need head? 
like, that Who's works do so it? well. It's like, what? It's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Hey, Jono, that's – wait, is that to do with – and then he's like, oh, wait, no, johnny has been dead since his head got <laughs> Who keeps dressing him? And also he's decomposing. Can we please move on? I say, Charles, Tottenham playing the most wonderful style of football. It's that Australian fellow, isn't it? And ball. <laughs> Pack the box, score our goal. Pack the box, score our goal. That's the best thing oh, I've heard in a while. Oh, I like this. I like I love, I'm fired up for Angeball. What do you got for Ange us? Angeball is taking over England, oh, boys. It's how many taking ha- over the God. Premier League? They have some pretty um, easy fixtures coming up. How many would they have to lose before it completely flips? Oh yeah, before before Spurs <laughs> fan revert to their old. So days. they they took down United. Hey, Man United played yeah, but, them off the park. Yeah, but how so? Them. How bad are Man United? Uh, no, I mean, they, like, they should be a top four team this year, Man United. Okay. 2-0. Oh, shit, 2-0, apparently just, like, completely suffocated Man United style of play. play played them out of the park. Um, and, Harry, you love a bandwagon. That's me. Ange Postacoglu Spurs, now's the time. What do you mean bandwagon, mate? I was at the hotel <laughs> at midnight when the Spurs rolled into Perth. Very good point. We were there. We were there. Yeah, lining, also, up at, lining up at the wrong position as yeah. he, they walked in unimpeded <laughs> and then we hear cheers from actual fans. Yeah, some guy, like, some fan like had like a 15-minute beer with Harry Kane, I think, and we were like, what? Oh Speaking yeah. of Harry Kane, don't forget, this is the their second game without their basically – Best player ever. Of course, was sold to Bayern Munich for $100 million. Ah, yes. Yeah, but tax. You always forget the tax. Yeah, yeah. Listen to some of the crowd chants they come up with. Always, always trust the English to come up with good crowd chants. Thoughts running through my head. Pochettino is dead. There's like people in the crowds with like Aussie blob kangaroos and Aussie flags and stuff. They're so behind him. They love him. Oh my god! Because I'm a Port fan because of Never Tear Us Apart. Yeah. And now, um, well, I still am a Spurs fan because of that. Well done. And a Pies fan. I and watch Melbourne, it. Brisbane as well. I've been watching his presses after because I I, re- I really like how he speaks and stuff because he's so gruff and he's got a very specific Australian thick accent and he sort of sits there and they pepper him with praise and he never ever takes it because he's tired after a game. Oh yeah. And he would just sit there. And say things like, oh, you've been so far. He's like, well, I've been in the. He would just say stuff like, I've been coaching for 26 years. <laughs> you know, oh, the opportunity might have taken a little bit longer, but I deserve to be here. I know that. And then they're like, oh, Ange, like, what do you think of this? He's like, <laughs> my, my, my father. My father was a hard man. He, he, was, hard, he was hard on me. Sure, I didn't know he had Ange on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Why is this guy wasting his time on your podcast when you could be in the big smoke in Hollywood? <laughs> what the hell? But he, he's. He's amazing, like in the press conferences and he's mm. so hard. And it's like, if you were going to restart a club, surely you want the bedrock of someone who's stable, has so much experience and has this style of football that everyone loves. Uh, yeah. Especially, you know especially in, in like European football, there's so many like 
wild managers that just like fly off the handle. Like Jose Mourinho will just like you have no idea what he's going to say and at a press conference stuff like that, Harry. Oh, no, I was just going to say Josh is welcome to audition for my musical. More to come. <laughs> is this the one we made up walking around Venice Beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More to come. Footy the musical. More to come. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Breakups, hookups, scandals. We know your darkest secrets. Sports. Gossip. Oh, my Sports God. Gossip. Oh my god, here the cameras flashing guys are all, all over the Matildas post World Cup celebrations, weren't, weren't they? And you won't believe who made it down. <laughs> Only Australian pop singer Nikki Webster. <laughs> Your whole cadence changes as soon as we get to sports gossip. It's like you're speaking in headlines. What do you mean? You've got to assume like you're Richard Wilkins. <laughs> You've got to get your Dickie Wilkins on, don't you'll never you? Re- you'll never find out. What- <laughs> you'll never believe. You've got to be like the Glossies guys. Come on, yeah, it's sports yeah. gossip. Um, yeah, Webster performing a slightly crossy version of Strawberry Kisses on stage, mm. which is okay. Yeah, She's, she's, gotten, on, she's gotten on, Yeah, which is fine. Mm. I want to give a yellow card to the Matildas though. On stage, all pulling out their phones and filming it. Live in the moment, am I right? I know, like, there's a thousand cameras on you. Yeah, that's true. But they're all superstars in their own right. Maybe share something later, you know. Yeah, okay. Seriously. Uh, but you know what? It was Brisbane Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner who was uh, slammed by Matilda's fans. Slammed. But delivering a rambling and at times bizarre speech as the team was on. So just the other night I decided I'd look up a, a movie for us all to watch as a family. <laughs> I looked up Bend It Like Beckham. I'm like, let's watch this movie. And would you know right now, Bend It Like Beckham, despite being 21 years old, is the second most watched sports movie in the world right now. Okay. So this guy was banging on. It's, it sounded like a little bit of a me, me, me speech. And I reckon there'd be a few Lord Mayors out there that are guilty of making things about them. This episode is proudly brought to you by our mates at Ned's. Josh, do you give out many tips? Sometimes. Um, Who's your source? Well, normally Sam McClure. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's really good. Like I, um, I backed Harley Reid not to make it in West Coast colours, and then and this year, just anything he says, I go the opposite. Congrats! It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good option. Hey, I've got. Um, yeah. I've what got, are you? What are you? What well, are you? Have you got a brother in uh, brother in law? Uh no. <laughs> You need a brother-in-law for your tips, mate. That's oh, where really? I get mine from. Yeah, I could ask my yeah. brother to divorce his wife and then we can see how we go. But mm, yeah, that'd be the first step, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I need to speak to Georgie too. He's always real confident with his tips, but they never, ever come off. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop for social betting, check out the Neds app. You can create groups perfect for betting together and ripping on your mates. And if you think you found a winner, you can let them know. Or you might be looking for a hot tip. And you can build a profile and share your bets with your followers. Or you can see what other punters are like on the feed. There's also expert tips on everything AFL from the fantasy pick himself, Tom Rotcliffe, within the Neds AFL Open Group. It's not just for AFL though, Josh. There are other <laughs> open groups for racing, b-ball, UFC, soccer, and he's more. Download the Neds app if you haven't already and take it to the Neds level. T's and C's apply and available on the Neds website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Don't you oh, I don't want to name names. Yeah, sorry. Go, Josh. I'm just like, in Australia, I think in the US, like a mayor has a bigger role. In a big city, a mayor has a role. Like uh, New York, like Giuliani, when he was there, apparently cleaned up the city a fair, fair bit. Um, I don't give a fuck about Australian mayors. Yes. Yeah. Rib- rib- ribbon cutters. 100%. And this guy gave the Matildas the key to the city. 
If I ever get a key to the city, I'd like to exercise my rights as a key holder of the city by opening up whatever the fuck I wanted to. You know to. what really pissed me <laughs> off so growing dumb. up when I found out I was like, when when I was reading a book or reading an article or something, he was awarded the key to the city. And I was like quizzing my parents saying, wait, so this one fucking key opens every single yeah. door. So he could it's, come into our house so at like, any time. We have no idea. So you tell me Ian Thorpe can walk into this bedroom right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it's the master key. It does everything. Exactly. Right. This is the point. Key to the but city. But it doesn't. They're these big, like, <laughs> they don't do that. You know what we could do? What? Is give, one, give away to one of our great listeners the key to the pod. Key to the pod. <laughs> oh. And it does fuck all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, okay. You won't believe who's next <laughs> in the firing line for oh. sports gossip. More like God Save the Prince. Am I right, guys? Prince William. It was also the president of the Football Association. You're speaking in headlines. <laughs> God save the prince, am I right? Colon. Correct. He received all the backlash. In fact, he was slammed. He was slammed. <laughs> <laughs> For not attending the World Cup final in which his beloved Lioness has competed in. Some are saying that if he was there, he would, they would have won. Can you, can you incorporate scathing in there somewhere as well? Oh, Lioness fans scathing Sk- after football president and Prince William didn't attend Women's World Cup final. Isn't that a very uh, misogynist take for what was a great uh, Open World Cup? Correct. He didn't want to make the um, long haul trip oh, it's a bit for far. such a short time. Um, you yeah, know, he's, he's a part of this whole, like he's part of the, some sort of, um, uh, I don't know, environmental group. And uh, Prince William... Why don't you just jump in economy, mate? Why don't you just jump in economy? Oh, because he didn't want to take his own private jet. Yeah, the jets are the expense and stuff. Yeah, it's fine. A lot of us do. You know what would give him a fair bit of uh, social credit? The Daily Mail article as uh, Prince Harry jumps in economy jet to save the... uh, Sit, sitting in seat 63 like, What would you do? Middle seat. <laughs> what would you do? Chicken on the fish, Prince William. Oh, is the royal chef on board? <laughs> <laughs> and Giorgio's next to him going, oh man, sorry, i got to pee again. <laughs> Let me up. And then I'd be like, <laughs> Let me up. Prince, speaking of piss, did you not? Yeah, go on. He was also saying that it's against royal protocol to go to a, a Commonwealth nation before the king, the new head of the monarch, monarchy does. Oh, right. So my question is, can William not go anywhere until Charles does? Well, we can't go to any Commonwealth nation. He's just still got all the good ones. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> what if he wants to go to, on holiday to Barbados? Yeah, it's a good Daddy, point. go to Barbados. Father, I need you to stop by Barbados. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. He just goes to Italy and France forever. Queen, is it Letizia? Letizia of Spain made it down with her daughter? Oh, really? They were there. Seriously. This also is an interesting point. What if um, English, the men's team, make it? He can't go. He can't, oh, the he king can't has to go. go first. No, he didn't go to the Women's World Cup. He can't go to the that Men's. That is a really good point. Yeah, otherwise he's a sexist pig. Yeah, 100%. There you go. I like it. Far out. I like that, it. That would be, he'd be slammed. That's what I like about sports gossip is because you will mm. slam back. I'm slamming. I'm slamming. Slammer jammer. <laughs> that were the headlines this week, guys. Thanks, Heath, for the lols. Hey. <laughs> Guys, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about John Safran and how he ended the Socceroos curse in 2004. Mm. I rewatched that video recently and I realized the actual Socceroos players were the ones that drove this. They were so in on this and that mm. they believed the curse of the actual Socceroos that he just thought, oh, I need to do it. 
So then come flash forward to 2023. We're here. Yeah, we slow down a bit. I thought it was the 70s still. And the West Coast Eagles, they reportedly have their own curse now. Ernie Dingo said, which we spoke about previously, which we'll include in this package. I thought maybe I should speak to John Safran, not just about the Socceroos and everything he's done for Australian football, but for what his advice would be for ending a curse a little too close to home. Roll the tape. A couple weeks ago, we brought up that Australian actor and sports enthusiast Ernie Dingo mentioned earlier in May that he believed the West Coast Eagles were cursed. Young nephew of mine, he designed the jumper for the, um, I think it's 19, 2019. He put the so-called wagger on the front, but when he put the wagger on, he went a little bit further and put it feathers and stuff that yeah. you're not supposed yes. to put on the jump. I mean, having the snake on there is fine, but he'd gone a little bit further and put that on. And I think that's where it all stemmed from. They put a sacred object on the jumper. Mm. Has anyone well, told him that? Uh, that yeah. I think someone needs to get in and tell him that. I don't know. They must think I'm talking out of my dot. <laughs> now, sports fans have always been superstitious. The Curse of Bambino was a famous hex on the Boston Red Sox after selling baseball god Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in 1918 so that the owner could fund his stage production of No No Nanette. Many believe this ignited an 86-year championship drought. In Ireland, there's the curse of Mayo, Gaelic football's unluckiest team, who in 2021 lost their 11th straight All-Ireland final. Yeah. We'll still be here next year. The curse is real. <laughs> next year, next year. Genuinely, yeah. I do. Yeah. Today, today, today. Legend has it, 73 years ago, clutching the Sam Maguire Cup, the victors had piled into a truck celebrating in Mayo. They passed a church where a funeral was underway, but didn't get out to pay their respects. I know. An enraged priest uttered the words, For as long as ye shall live, Mayo won't win another All-Ireland Cup. To be honest, Mayo were pretty chill about it. Hello? Oh, hi, is this the Mayo Gaelic Football Club? Mayo G, yes, that's correct. I look into stuff in Australia about sport, and I was just, is that anything true about the Mayo curse true? Yeah, for sure. I know you guys had a very good season, 2020 and 2021. How are you guys looking this year? Looking pretty good, yeah. Looking pretty good, thanks, yeah. All right, best of luck, and um, hopefully curse doesn't come off. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and if I'm ever in Ireland, won't we get a point of guinea? Oh, he's, he's gone. This got me thinking, if there was a curse at the Eagles, is it even worth fixing it? Well, we have the best man to explain. On his TV show in 2004, John Safran detailed a curse that had plagued the Socceroos for 34 years. The national side was in Mozambique for a 1970 World Cup qualifying tie against Rhodesia. The team hired a local witch doctor, or Nyunga, to bury some bones at the stadium and improve their chances of winning. Amazingly, they won 3-1, but Australia left the nation refusing to pay. I know. But at the time, it just seemed totally sensible. It seemed, yeah, there was a curse put on the uh, Australian soccer team. Former Socceroos captain Johnny Warren was adamant the hex was the reason for the following 30 years of misfortune for the sport in Australia. From that moment that he put the curse on, everything went wrong for the team. We took 38 hours to get to Tel Aviv. That's the witch doctor. We played 21 hours later without three of our best players who all were suddenly sick. That's the witch doctor. We lost the game uh, to an own goal, a deflected goal. It's the curse. We had a disallowed penalty, blatant penalty we weren't given. 
But it's not just on, it's off the field as well. The go, way the game has self-destructed, has shot itself in the foot so many times, has been its own worst enemy. And you always think, ah, oh, the witch doctor, this is the curse still working. When Australia played Iran, the MCG, that night, which Australians will not forget, that was Australia's game. They didn't, we didn't win it. For some reason, we didn't win it. That's the witch doctor. So every time you see those things, you think, ah, the curse is still there. So I was off to Mozambique where the curse had been placed over 30 years ago. That was enough. The fact that he believed it and he was the big guy just meant like, okay, I should go try to get it removed. You know, people just believe, there's a lot of people in Australia and they just believe mysterious things that can't be proven one way or the other. I'm like, okay, who knows? This might be true. So I might as well go along for the ride. Yeah, that's how I ended up in uh, Mozambique. We found a plaque outside the stadium. It says Australia played Rhodesia. I hear these where they also, they filmed Will Smith's film yeah, Ali. Yeah. Paulino had to channel the spirit of the long dead Nyunga, who had placed the curse. He was now no longer Paulino, but the Nyunga from 30 years ago. Watch your face. I've got to wash my face. Yeah. Okay, he's now washing his entire face and body with chicken blood out of a bucket on a field. Now I know what you're thinking. Josh, aren't you a man of science with a failed engineering career on top of a failed basketball career? <laughs> why'd, you have, why'd you have to bring that up? But as Saffron explains, the power of a curse is acknowledging its existence. There, uh, there's a, a guy called Anton LaVey who started the Church of Satan in America, I think in the 1950s maybe. And they used to do black mass you know, put curses on people. But, and he said, what we're doing is not supernatural, but what we're doing is uh, we'll, we'll do a mass where we put a curse on someone and then it just kind of filters back to them. Like someone tells someone else, tells someone, did you hear? There's been a curse put on you by the church of Satan. And it just plays with their head so much in a kind of a secular way, it achieves what the supernatural thing is, where it's like, oh my God, they just can't stop thinking about how there's a curse on them. And therefore, you know, it starts affecting them. Since Saffron doused himself in sacrificial chicken blood, Australia have made every World Cup. Timing also aligned with the shift of the Asian Confederation and a greater chance of making the World Cup, but fans are continuously grateful. Believe me, I've got too much credit. I, I, I remember, was it 2006? So that's when people started like just contacting me, like email. And it was like, oh, okay. I was like confused. I was like, well, I was like, oh, I did that story. Oh, okay. Craig Forster, he thanked me right after the game, the announcement. And I've just, there's been so many articles written all around the world and every time anything happens in soccer at all, you know, at the very least, I'll get a tweet. Like it happened even with the Matildas, for instance. I got a kind of a couple of handfuls of like, John, help us sacrifice the chicken and stuff like that. And then people also contact me for just other sports related things like their local footy club and I've got too much credit. Now back on the Eagles, while they had a miracle win on the weekend, showing their curse may have already been dealt with, Saffron sees no downside with accepting it. I, I'd kind of, I'd definitely go ahead and try to get the curse reversed. Like what's the downside? It's like, it's a good, it's good storytelling. We get to learn a bit about, um, you know, this aspect of indigenous, mystical beliefs so that that would be cool and get, get in on this story that's going to make it you know and it's going to be really interesting and it's going to bring people together 
And so, like, who's going to complain? Like, you're going to have... I can't even imagine what atheists are going to complain. And it'd also be just a, a real kind of slightly lateral and different way of engaging in Indigenous people leading leading it, but sort of like, this is a bit of an out-of-the-box, but totally sincere and genuine thing. Like, and that would kind of expand our uh, us as outsiders uh, who aren't Indigenous. It would expand our knowledge and kind of our engagement with Indigenous stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely lit. If I can jump on board, if I can help in any way, I'll help reverse first. Thanks to John Safran for helping with this one. If you want more of him, check out his latest book, Puff Piece, about big tobacco's impact on the vaping industry. Oh. Mr. President, can this wait? I've got bigger fish to fry. God bless my friend, Harry. Harry's big house. The cases are hard. Probably one of those fucking big wigs. <laughs> These things are hectic. So it comes with being a big wig. Yeah, big that's wig. right. That's right. Order. Welcome back, guys. Uh, a reminder to please send your cases in. Kick it forward mailbag at gmail.com. We want to hear about your dog acts, be they big or small. If a friend, colleague, or relative has dogged you in any way. Send us an email and I'll analyse the case and hand out a fitting punishment. I did notice in the email that we have, you've got so many now, you've sorted them into boxes. Yeah, there's four subcategories in the under the subcategory of Harry's Big House. Uh, case closed. Eh. Yep, it's where you put the case closed. Eh. Oh, uh, yep. Investigate, needs follow-up. Yep. And shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, none of them are shit. <laughs> none of them are shit. Some just... Um, but we still get to those ones sometimes. Are, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I've done heaps from this that This is a Supreme Court. You can't have, like, petty petty uh, stuff in here. Yeah, I've done... No, I've done heaps of the shit ones. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. No, we want, we want petty. Mm. <laughs> we like... Giorgio, we've discussed people being hungry after footy. We like that <laughs> stuff. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he almost died. Go oh, on. Oh, guys. Uh, Josh, this is a sad one. If you could start playing some piano. <laughs> Aaron writes in... <gasps> Your Honour. I was recently recovering from a broken rib, making mobility difficult. I'd taken a load of washing off the line and was ironing my shirts when the iron fell from the stand, bounced once and landed hot side down on our communal lounge rug owned by my housemate Tom. The rug in question is a four-year-old Kmart polyester carpet that Tom calls Persian. Reduced to the mobility of an 80-year-old and being six foot five, it took me some time to reach the burning iron. By the time I got to it, there was an iron-sized burn in the middle of the rug. Feeling terrible, I immediately sent a picture to the house group chat and took full responsibility, promising to pay Tom back for the rug, figuring it was pretty old and couldn't be worth more than $100 with depreciation. On speaking to Tom later that week, I was shocked to learn he was expecting me to pay the full $400 recommended retail price for the rug, which is widely known among our friend group to be old and fucked. Now guys, Aaron has asked me to take note of the wording used here and I want you guys all to take note. Tom's argument was that the rug is completely ruined because of the burn and needs replacing. After some back and forth, we finally settled out of court for $200 and tried to move on with our lives. Some weeks later, we were at a dinner at the house for Tom's birthday and sparklers were handed around with his cake. 
Having had a few mid-strengths, I was feeling a bit boisterous and thought it would be, would be funny to throw a sparkler on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the completely ruined carpet. The plastic carpet quickly went up in flames to the enjoyment of the guests. On hearing of my well-received gag, Tom was furious and demanded further payment. I was shocked. I'd paid to replace the completely ruined carpet. By the precedent set in our out-of-court settlement, the carpet was beyond repair and Tom had been reimbursed fairly. My question is, who was the dog here? On the surface, I may have committed one or two dog-like acts, but Tom has repeatedly <laughs> Tom has repeatedly tried to sting his mate for extra coin unjustly. I'll leave it in your safe hands. Aaron. Well, fuck. How are you feeling after that one, boys? Look, not to... Not to compare Harry's big house to some something lowly like car insurance, but if we were to do that hypothetically, you get insured for the value of your car currently, not the value that you bought it for. So uh, I think Aaron has a point. It was depreciation. Yeah, thank you for those comments, Giorgio. I don't think he gets the right to burn it with a sparkler the second time. Like you've already like rubbed in. Yes, you want to be the life of the party. I get it, Aaron. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, but the the carpets are legally a write off anyway. So if you yeah, it's not is, his right to fucking do it. If your smushed in too, I reckon you can key it and it's fine. Giorgio, what's different? I think Giorgio, you would be the sort of person that would lose your shit if someone did that. If I just chucked a sparkler on your Bro, thing. Bro, don't fucking come near my carpet. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. What the fuck are you guys? Ro- <laughs> are you guys robots or something? How can you have? The ability to even talk properly after hearing that case. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyone here have a clear answer to it? No, we need someone. No? no if only someone. To better understand the case, I thought I needed to once again recreate how the accident went down. Here's Aaron just going about his business when the incident occurred. Oh, my ribs, fuck. I feel like an 80-year-old. Oh, well, gotta get ready for the week and do some ironing, I guess. Hmm, yeah, this shirt would look great this week at work. I'll iron this one right now. Hmm, yeah, don't forget the collar. Gotta get all the creases out. Don't want the crease police to arrest me in the office tomorrow. Oh, man, this ironing is going so well. I don't think anything is about to happen that will cause a huge rent in my half-sweet Tom and I's friendship. Oh, fuck, the iron fell off the stand. Oh shit, it's bounced once and landed hot side down right on top of Tom's shitty old rug. Oh my God, it's burning the carpet and my mobility is so shit that it's going to take me ages to get there. Okay, I'm walking the half a meter to go and pick this iron up. Okay, I'm there. Okay, I'm lifting it up. Oh my F. There's a huge iron burn mark in Tom's rug. Better take a photo for the house group chat and own up to my mistake. Yeah, I'm sorry for the graphic details. It's like I was there. It's like I was reading a really boring statement. Mm. And what there was a bit of a creative liberty there to say he's American. Oh, I didn't notice the accident. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Aaron's broken rib issue. Not even a factor in this case. I want you guys to forget about his ribs altogether, okay? You've forgotten? We just got shoulder <laughs> pelvis. <laughs> a mistake is a mistake and he owned up to it. Irons get to 200 degrees. And that's what happens when you drop one on the carpet. Also, Tom, good joke about it being a Persian rug, mate. But it's from Kmart. Order, let's move on. (laughs) After the out-of-court settlement for that first incident, I'd now like to turn to evidence piece number two. 
a recreation of the second carpet burning incident at Tom's birthday. Tom's birthday is so awesome. <laughs> what about this awesome cake? Shall we fire up the sparklers? Uh, Aaron, what the hell? What are you doing, dude? Um, I'm literally gonna throw this sparkler on the completely ruined road because it's completely ruined. Oh my God, you're freaking crazy, bro. I don't even give an F. I've had a few mid-strikes. Let the show begin. <laughs> oh, that was like maybe the sickest thing I've ever seen. Once again, apologies for the details. Oh, did you wait? That was that was so that was just a recreation. That, that was a, a that was a recreation. I thought you had like CCTV footage or something. Uh, no, was, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. And just clarifying, um, everyone's American. So even he's in a house in Perth, but everyone's American. Yes, and they also like um, Spanish birthday songs. Who doesn't? Yeah, correct, correct. Um, this is where the case gets really tricky. Cause I'll be honest with you here, Aaron. You've got to be careful with how you treat other people's property. And a big question. No, scrap that. Huge question. <laughs> oh, my God. Is being raised here. When does a rug not become a rug anymore? In my opinion, a rug is still a rug, even if it's been on fire or has an iron mark in it. The rug is still sitting there performing the duties of a rug. However, this one, according to Tom, seems to be beyond repair. And the key words we can take from Tom, according to Aaron's evidence, are that it needs replacing, suggesting that Tom will in fact be replacing the rug and not using it to perform any more rug-related duties in the future. You guys with me? Mm. Order. Tom, you have been found guilty of rug money extortion. <laughs> you are illegitimately attempting to squeeze more cash out of Aaron by claiming he did further damage to a rug that was already completely ruined and retired from rug duties. A rug that already had a monetary value of zero dollars. As far as I'm concerned, that's no longer a rug. It's a piece of rubbish on the floor. And side note, anyone that has heard Harry's Big House before knows that rug money extortion really fucking grinds my gears. Mm. I've heard you speak extensively. <laughs> it's weird how he keeps coming up with it. Aaron, <laughs> you are not liable for any further damage to this rug. In fact... Tom probably owes you for a pyrotechnics show at his birthday party. As a guy that's constructed <laughs> multiple sparkler bombs in his time, I'm a big fan of any sparkler-related performances. What to do with Tom? What to do or dirt with Tom? Well, first of all, replace the rug that you said was completely ruined and needs replacing. I'm not sure if the house is owned by Tom or if it's like a rental situation, but I also think that the rug is such a communal piece in the household that all housemates should put in for the uh, said rug if it's rental. But to Tom, for the emotional stress caused to Aaron, you're also required to iron his clothes for three weeks. That's so much. <laughs> this will include the loads of washing that he does and any bespoke ironing needs. I want the ironing to be done carefully, precisely, and with love. Aaron may inspect the items of clothing after the ironing has been done, and if there is one crease, yes, just one crease, then Aaron will be scrunching up that piece of clothing <laughs> and you'll start again. <laughs> and just um, some pianos to finish off the, the case analysis, Josh. It's a piano. Oh, that's, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a weird looking piano. <laughs> and a weird sounding one too. <laughs> 
I just want everyone to remember if a piece of toast falls on the floor, more often than not, it lands spread side down. Just like when the iron falls off the ironing board, it lands on Tom's rug hot side down. Also, maybe move the ironing board away <laughs> from the rug. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with this one, Harry. That's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, no. Nah, I was I was with him from the start. You, you just don't have like the adjudicating brain for this, do you? Brain. Georgia, you would be the worst in this situation. You, but you owe me seven rugs. It's because mine is a Persian rug. What does he do? I don't know. I just think I, th- I don't mind the two hundred they've already settled on. Just walk away. Maybe, maybe they no, that's, pop- that's that was already that's done. What if they get guns but and it's the dual? Further, it's the further damage approved jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Dear muscles, great superstars, hold regard. You've got mail. Hello, welcome to mail it in. We got a couple IRL updates. Uh, made a little. I just got some intro music for that because. I want to save a bit of time. IRL update. Oh. In real life. Uh, okay, yeah, so that's just to save some time. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and we met Kieran on the what weekend. What do we do? Kieran. Oh, Kieran, Kieran, mm. Kieran. That, Kieran. And that was it. Favourite it's, body part of Kieran? The brain. Oh. Because we chatted. Uh, what about I think- lips? Yep, yep. Well, pathway to the brain, isn't it? Uh, we um, we yeah, met him at the silent disco thing. He was cool, dude. And uh, I was like, he was like, you're cool, I'm cool, whatever. Let's get to the emails because I, I still don't have silent. a phone. I'll start here, guys. Ben writes in, hey, tall guy, shortstop, and sexy voice. Who's how sexy? how who's are you? Yeah, who's ha- I'll take sexy voice. I'll how, take shortstop. How are you going? Ben says, yeah, that's good. My favourite night of the week is a Sunday night for obvious reasons. Please rate my setup. Cheers, Quirky. Also hate the pod. Now, he's attached a photo, and the photo is of his setup while watching Bounce, our favourite TV show. And I can describe this for our lovely listeners. There seems to be some sort of giant mattress on the floor in his living room. He takes his bedroom out to the living room for Sundays. Ultimate comfort while watching Bounce. I'm going to give him a bounce out of ten. A bounce out of 10? Yeah. That's the highest honour. I know. <laughs> it is, it is. What about your housemate, Will, going, um, you were saying before the pod that he was watching Bounce? Will said, yeah, he's not a big watcher of Bounce. That's okay. Not everyone is. That's what makes it special. Will said, is this all I do? <laughs> like halfway through the episode. In full I think it was waiting in, for it to start. I, I think it was in Casey's Turn It Up segment, which is my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good segment. I used to love pulling my mattress out to the living room to watch stuff, especially on school holidays. Oh, my God. Yes. You wouldn't move it back for a week. Yeah. Uh, It's from James. Hi, Josh, Harry, and Gav. Don't know who that is. I write into the pod with a heavy heart and a feeling of sickness. At first, I debated writing this letter. Did something so horrific need to be brought to your attention? Was this the right thing to do? But here we are. After a few Sunday afternoon frothies and many hours of contemplation, I write this letter to the owner of the worst hungover sporting performance of 2023. Unfortunately, Sunday morning I had to bear witness to something truly horrific, something you wouldn't wish upon your worst enemy. Yet here I am at 8.30am Sunday morning at Loftus Recreation (laughs) Centre watching your very own Josh Garland, freshly dressed in Philadelphia kit, put up brick after brick as he as he proceeds to ruin a great Sunday morning pickup game. 
Some may argue beers had been consumed the night before. Some may argue Frothtown got the better of him. But I say this just isn't good enough. As a fellow expert in hungover sporting performances, it was easy to identify someone just not up to the task. And clearly, Josh hadn't been putting in the work required. Harry and GavGav, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this atrocity and demand immediate action. Hungover regards, James. I don't really know what this is about. This seems to me to be applauding. I think Josh did work hard on the Saturday night, being a legend. That's true. Yeah, I did. And, and the fact that you made it down to Loftus that next day to give it your best, mm. to give it a go. I think his best was not so good. Correct me if I'm wrong. And his best wasn't good enough. No, so this is what happened. He's I'll tell you what, he's a keen spotter of a hungover sportsman. Now, one of my favourite things when I was in a younger year, I would get over a hangover by doing a bit of sport, a bit of pickup. But the worst thing that happened that morning is I woke up, did the classic, oh, I'll just go to basketball. But I realized my car was at Harry's, so I couldn't drive there. So I had to get an Uber there, decided to wear a Philadelphia kit so it looked like a complete nuffy. And then I hit my first shot, was running back in day, and then proceeded to airball the next 50. <laughs> mm. Smithers, one of my te- teammates, go, he tried to get a rebound. And he goes, fuck, you stink. <laughs> Josh, stop fucking shooting, man. Uh, at like shot 40, you're like, oh, but I hit that first one. So. He, he actually, his exact words were, geez, what the fuck did you drink last night? And I just replied, your mum. Oh, you stink got, literally got like you smell stink. Or yeah, yeah. basketball or No, you stink like smell, stench, smell. like hungover reeking out of me. Next time your car's mm. at mine, just ask me, I'll come pick you up. Oh, I didn't even think of that. No, I didn't want to wake you up in the morning. It's my my cross to bear. Uh, but yeah, very good spot. It was a good thing to sweat it out. I'm glad I did it. But yeah, I tell you what, the uh, Sunday night got the better of me. Um, nothing. Sometimes some of my funnest moments have been hungover sports. The, the yeah, the giggles they're great. Uh, yeah, I played a hungover footy game after my sister's twenty first. Mm. Kick three goals. Well, you know, actually, yeah. you know what I really hate is when people go. I play better hungover, bro. I'm like, no, yeah, you don't. No, you don't. No, you oh, definitely no, don't. You don't. I've got nothing to compare it to because I've never played not hungover. Been an absolute legend. I remember. I reckon I scored like the best outdoor soccer goal I've ever scored, like volley outside the box. So critically hungover that day, and I was like, fuck, maybe I'm better hungover. And then I hit 55 minutes in, and I just completely ran out of legs, cramped and had to come off. Mm. I thought you were going to say you tore your ACL. <laughs> no, I was, I was not hungover for that, um, sadly. Maybe I should have been Should have been hung. We got a Birdo emailed in. He goes, hi guys, it sickens me to say that one of your co-hosts of the podcast is a firm stance on dream chat. Lo and behold, this morning, Giorgio sent a dream nightmare related message to a group chat. Shame. Oh, oh, no. Giorgio Savini. Boys, I had a nightmare last night that um, we had our uh, draft draft night and the season started and I had forgotten and done no research and it auto-drafted for me and my team and no one cared and we had to continue with the season. Genuinely terrifying though. That, that, no, that, that, that's relevant to like the, the fantasy boys. And you, know, then, you know what's just as interesting as, interesting as that? No, you, I'm not going to set you up, go on. Nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know what I was sort of, I was sort of um, when I was listening to the original, you know, dream chat on the pod. Yeah. Um, you know what's on the same level as that and Gabby does this? She talks to me about the fictional books she's reading. <laughs> she's like, you would not believe this book I'm reading. I'm like, oh, is it a real story? She goes... No, nah, no, nah, it's fictional, but like this character, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not reading the book. It's, like it's a, not real. Lots of movies are fictional though. Yeah, but you wouldn't tell someone the plot of a movie if they haven't seen it. Whoa, whoa which ones? No spoilers. Holes. 
That's fake. <laughs> you're not gonna believe. You're not gonna believe Just, it. Just sorry to take over thing with more holes chat. Um, if you get the time, Shia LaBeouf has one of the best podcast episodes about him. He's not in it, but it's about him losing his mind, and it's by Radio Lab, and it got deleted by the company that made it, but someone uploaded it to YouTube. And he kind of goes off the rails at some point in his life and gets into like live art and does this art exhibition where he he says uh, he just repeats the same line over and over again for days and days and days. Is it just do it? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> but like people on 4chan and Reddit get a find it and decide to troll him because it's a live stream. Oh my god. So then the next like three years of his life is trying to do these art pieces despite them trolling him. And they just go out of their way and to these extreme lengths. It's really worth checking out as well. Okay. How have we mentioned him twice him, on today's pod? Let him go, guys. Just quickly back to nightmare chat. Yeah, go on. We actually didn't establish the rules about nightmares um, and the policies because the policy was no dream chat. There's a new policy. It's no nightmare chat. Oh, so I was fine before because it wasn't established. Yep. yep. Okay, thank yep. you. Yep. No more. But so you can talk about dreams then? No, no, no. You definitely can't talk about dreams. But nightmare chat is a big no-no. But I'm in the clear because that so, wasn't established before. No, you're not. He said I was. I'm not. I'm vetoing that. We're allowed one veto. What? Oh, I'm allowed one. Then I veto your veto. <laughs> uh, well, no, you can't do that. That's the rule Why as not? well. No. Is this whole you thing? You up your veto. Is this whole thing a dream? You say holes. This episode is proudly brought to you by our mates at Ned's. Josh, do you give out many tips? Sometimes. Um, Who's your source? Well, normally Sam McClure. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's really good. Like I, um, I backed Harley Reid not to make it in West Coast colours, and then and this year, just anything he says, I go the opposite. Congrats! It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good option. Hey, I've got. Um, yeah. I've what do you? What are you? What well, are you? Have you got a brother in uh, brother in law? Uh no. <laughs> You need a brother-in-law for your tips, mate. That's oh, where really? I get mine from. Yeah, I could ask yeah. my brother to divorce his wife, and then we can see how we go. But mm, yeah, that'd be the first step, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I need to speak to Georgie too. He's always real confident with his tips, but they never ever come off. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop for social betting, check out the Ned's app. You can create groups perfect for betting together and ripping on your mates. And if you think you found a winner, you can let them know. Or you might be looking for a hot tip, and you can build a profile and share your bets with your followers. Or you can see what other punters are like on the feed. There's also expert tips on everything AFL from the fantasy pick himself, Tom Rotcliffe, within the Ned's AFL Open Group. It's not just for AFL though, Josh. There are other <laughs> open groups for racing, b-ball, UFC, soccer, and heaps more. Download the Ned's app if you haven't already and take it to the Ned's level. T's and C's apply and available on the Ned's website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.